Hello, you're listening to Deep North News, the weekly news podcast of Iceland Review, Iceland's longest-running English-language magazine. I'm Andy Sophia Fontaine, and these are the week's top stories in Iceland. First up on Deep North News, three Icelandic women are doing what the government said was too complicated for them, retrieving Palestinians with Icelandic resident permits from Gaza. As reported, Iceland has a policy of family reunification, wherein those with legal residence in Iceland are amongst those who have the right to also apply for their closest relations to be granted the same. 124 Palestinians in Gaza have already been granted residence permits in Iceland based on family reunification, and Palestinians in Iceland have been imploring the Icelandic government to help retrieve them. Both Prime Minister Katrin Jakobsdóttir and Minister of Justice Gudrun Hafsteinsdóttir told reporters that other Nordic countries were only retrieving citizens from Gaza, which turned out to be untrue. They have also said that to help these people get out of Gaza would be a complicated process. That was also proven not to be the case, thanks to three Icelandic women, Bergthora Snæbjörnsdóttir, Kristín Eriksdóttir, and Maria Lilja Thrastadóttir. At the time of this writing, they have helped five people at the Gaza border town of Rafah escape safely to Egypt, the entire process taking four days. The matter is especially urgent as Israel has begun attacking Rafah. In response to this news, Minister of Foreign Affairs Bjarni Benediksson said that bringing 124 people into the country would cause undue strain on the infrastructure, but critics have dismissed this argument, citing the fact that they have already been approved for residence in Iceland and that the country can definitely bear the burden of 124 people. With all this being the case, the matter is not especially complicated, but it does require some expense. As such, the refugee and asylum seeker rights NGO Solaris is holding a fundraiser to help the remaining families get out of Gaza and get to Iceland where, again, their residence permits have already been approved. There is a link to the Solaris fundraiser in the description of this podcast. In other news, yet another eruption has kicked off on Grekenes Peninsula, the third of its kind in the area since December. At the time of this recording, the fissure that opened up is approximately 3 kilometers long with lava plumes that could be seen from the greater Reykjavik area some 30 kilometers away. As the day wore on, lava flow covered Grindavikavegur, the main road connecting the town of Grindavik on Reykjanes' south coast with the highway that leads to Reykjavik. Later in the afternoon, it flowed over hot water plumbing, effectively shutting off hot water to Reykjanes Bayer, Sødernesje Bayer, Grindavik, and Voar, all located on the Reykjanes Peninsula. The Blue Lagoon was also closed to visitors. Reykjanes has been especially volcanically active since 2021, and the town of Grindavik has been hit hard. Crevasses have damaged roads and other infrastructure badly, lava flow has repeatedly shut off water and electricity, and three homes thus far have been destroyed by the eruptions. As such, the future of the town hangs in the balance, as its 3,600 residents consider their futures in the town and await answers from the government. In fact, Parliament has been working on a rescue package for the residents, both in terms of finding them new homes and offering financial relief to those who choose to continue to hold property there. Minister of Finance Thordis Kobrum Greikvjörth Gilvadotir recently signed an agreement with 12 pension funds, wherein the government would cover the lost interest payments on housing loans for properties in Grindavik at least until the end of May. Hopefully by then, a more stable solution for the town will be established. Icelandic musician Löve took home a Grammy last Monday in the category of Best Traditional Pop Vocal Album for her album Bewitched. The album broke a record of 5.7 million streams in the jazz category on Spotify on its day of release, shattering the previous record held by Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett. Löve wasn't even the only Icelander to be nominated at the Grammys this year. 
Oliver Atnald was also nominated in the category of Best New Age, Ambient, or Chant Album for his album Some Kind of Peace, his third Grammy nomination to date. It should also be noted that Icelanders have bagged numerous Grammys through the years, including composer Hilde Gudnadóttir, who has won twice, and classical singer Dizela Laurusdóttir. Interestingly, arguably Iceland's most famous musician, Björk Gudmundsdóttir, has never won a Grammy for her music, although she has been nominated 16 times. That said, her album Biophilia did win a Grammy for Best Recording Package in 2013, which was rewarded to Michael Amzalag and Matthias Augustiniak. The University of Reykjavik was hit by a cyber attack last week, and the culprits are believed to be Russian hackers. That is, the Russian ransomware group Akira, to be precise. For the unfamiliar, a ransomware attack is a type of cyber attack that removes or encrypts some or all the files in a computer database. The owners of the database are then given a message to send a large sum of money, usually in the form of cryptocurrency, in order to have access to their files again. Akira has been a very active ransomware group. One of their most recent attacks was against a series of online services for government offices in Sweden. Technicians worked tirelessly throughout the weekend to restore the University of Reykjavik's files and did not let the attack interrupt usual operations, as classes were held as scheduled the following Monday. Capital area commuters, take heed. Beloved downtown bus terminal Hlemmerd will, in just a few months' time, cease to be a bus terminal. Reykjavik City has numerous plans in the works to revamp and renovate the area around Hlemmerd, hoping to make it more pedestrian-friendly and just generally a pleasant spot to hang out downtown. However, this construction will mean bus passengers will no longer be able to catch a ride from Hlemmerd this spring. Instead, the bus routes that normally stop at Hlemmerd will be diverted to a few other nearby locations. Visit straito.is, that's S-T-R-A-E-T-O dot I-S, for more information on where these new routes will ride and stop. You might have thought being a celebrity cat is probably the easiest life you could possibly be born into, but recent events in Iceland would prove you wrong. Diego is one of Reykjavik's many celebrity cats, and has been a mainstay of the East Reykjavik neighborhood of Skavan for many years now. He delights people with his mere presence, and both residents and tourists alike happily pose with him for selfies that are guaranteed to take off on social media. But not even celebrity makes you above the law, as Diego himself discovered first Paul. Supermarket Hagköp, which has an outlet in Skavan, has barred Diego from entry, citing city health regulations that do not permit any animal in the store apart from guide dogs. The store manager for Hagköp told reporters that he is aware that cats can't read, let alone understand municipal health codes, but the law is the law. As such, Diego has not been allowed to venture any further than the main entrance. Not that it's all hardship and drama for Diego. Local office supply store A4 still welcomes him with open arms, where he can often be found napping on sheets of paper or printer ink. Lastly on Deep North News, there are not one, not two, but three Icelandic holidays coming up this Monday, and if you like, you can celebrate them yourself, wherever you live in the world. First up on Monday is Bolodagr. This holiday is characterized by eating large quantities of bolar, a large profiterole filled with jam and whipped cream and topped with chocolate. Bakeries all over Iceland will sometimes do fancier takes on this pastry, but that's the traditional composition. Tuesday brings us to Sprengidagr, which literally means bursting day. You might know this holiday as Fat Tuesday, which in the more traditional strains of Christianity is a day for feasting and preparation for the 40-day fast of Lent. The Icelandic take on this holiday involves one centerpiece meal in particular, salted lamb meat and yellow split peas traditionally boiled together in one pot. Remember not to overindulge, that's a lot of sodium. 
Wednesday is, of course, Ash Wednesday, called Uskadagat, or literally Ash's Day. On this day, Icelandic children dress up in costumes and visit neighborhood shops in the hopes of being given candy. Sound familiar? Maybe, but don't call it Icelandic Halloween. First of all, these kids have to sing or dance or maybe tell a little joke in order to receive their candy. No treats for nothing here. Second, they don't knock on residential doors either. Perhaps most importantly, this is in February, whereas Halloween is in October. Interesting side note, Halloween is not a holiday in Iceland in the traditional sense, but in recent years many adults have taken to throwing costume parties or holding Halloween-themed events at bars and clubs. Iceland does, after all, have a long and storied relationship with the supernatural, and almost everyone loves dressing up in costumes. Next up on Deep North News, the weather this weekend. Friday will be a cold one with relatively mild winds. Clouds will start covering the country from the south to north by midday and completely cover the country by the evening. Come Saturday morning, the western part of the country will see the sun again, albeit with temperatures in the teens below zero, while the eastern half will remain cloudy, with snowfall in the northeast by late Saturday evening. These conditions will persist through Sunday, with the snowfall on the east coast turning to heavy rainfall by the evening as temperatures warm. As for road conditions, bear in mind that the highlands are closed for the season, so don't try driving up there unless you're in a glacier tour group with the right vehicles for the job. Also, roads are slippery in the north and west, with spots of ice to be found in the south, but the southeast should be relatively smooth driving. For all your weather and road condition needs, you should visit weather.is and road.is respectively, but also add safetravel.is to that list. Through Safe Travel, you can get up-to-the-minute updates on conditions all over the country, whether we're talking about weather, natural disasters, or other variables. Save yourself time, money, and trouble by checking weather.is, road.is, and safetravel.is before heading out anywhere in Iceland. And that's all for me today here at Deep North News. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. And while you're at it, check out icelandreview.com for more of the latest from Iceland in travel, news, culture, and more. Speak to you again next Friday, folks. Be good to each other.